Welcome to Destiny Revival Ministries Sermon of the Week. Thank you for joining us. You can stay up to date through our social media or give from the link in the details. We hope this message blesses you. Thank you. It is such an honor to be here with you all this morning. Um, like Pastor Mark said, it's um, kind of bittersweet for us to be uh, moving and just being led by the Spirit into Oklahoma. You know, um, a couple weeks ago, my husband did talk and he spoke about purpose in the process. And so today, I want to talk about peace in the process and what that has specifically looked like for me in this season. So my process began about um, five years ago when I moved from Norman, Oklahoma to Baton Rouge, Louisiana to pursue a PhD. And at the time, you know, my heart was set on getting a PhD. That was what I wanted to do. I wanted to go into research. I wanted to teach. I wanted to do all these different things. And a big part of that was because my identity was in what I did. And I thought that getting a PhD would make me important. And I would have all these accreditations and stuff. Well, before I started my PhD, the Lord very specifically said to me, I want you to lay it down. I want you to lay it down and um, I want you to enroll in a discipleship program at Antioch in Baton Rouge. It was a church there. And at the time, it didn't make sense because I specifically moved here for a PhD. And so it was kind of going against my plans and God was shaking things up a little bit. Well, my heart was to obey, and so I wanted to say yes to the Lord. And so it didn't make sense, but I said yes, and I enrolled in this discipleship program. It was a 10-month intense discipleship program, and it's where you really learn about what it means to be a disciple of Christ. You know, sometimes we hear these words like discipleship and following Jesus, but until we have the practicals of living it out daily, it's kind of hard. So I went through this program and I just learned about Jesus. I learned to sit at his feet, to glean from him, to have a relationship with him. And more specifically, you know, the word discipleship, it really, or the word disciple comes from the word student. And so Jesus was calling me to not be a student in higher education, but to be a student of Christ. And so that was the process that I really walked out in this season And it was really interesting because, like I said, prior to that season, I was very much a doer. Like, I was always on the go. I had a prestigious job. I worked... um, I worked with a human trafficking organization in Oklahoma City, and I was also um, just a busybody. You know, a big part of who I was was what I did. So I had this Martha mentality that everything I did was, that was who I was. And so in this next season, the Lord was like, I just want you to be a student. Just sit at my feet and learn to be Mary in this season. And so I embraced that. It was a little hard at first, but each day I would meet with Jesus. Each day I would read my Bible. Each day I would pray and seek the Lord. And he began to do a deep work in me. And it was a work that only Christ could do as I sat down and slowed down. What was amazing is that he provided for me financially so that I could just focus on being a student. For these 10 months, he provided for me in amazing ways and I didn't have to worry about money. Well, as I um, lived that out daily, it was really interesting. The Lord gave me Luke 9, 
23, and it says, if any of you wants to be my disciple, you must deny yourself, pick up the cross daily, and follow me. And that scripture really became like the foundation of this season, is that what does it look like to deny myself? Well, what that looks like is picking up Jesus's ways, doing what he wants, laying down my plans to do whatever he asks of me. And it was a really, it was a really transformative time for me because I started to see that, wow, maybe my ways aren't that great, and maybe um, you know what I thought was important and mattered really doesn't matter. And so God was really transforming the way that I thought. And what was really interesting about being a student is that, you know, I had been a student working on my master's degree prior to this season. And now I was a student of Christ. Well, as we have learned, Jesus's kingdom, the kingdom of heaven is an upside down kingdom. So it's it's very different from how you would operate in the natural. Everything is, is just different, completely different. And so basically during this time, the Lord was retraining my spirit so that I could be sensitive to the spirit and be, and be able to recognize the ways of God and how his kingdom operates. So I had to really transform the way that I thought. And that the more time I spent with him, the more he revealed to me things about his kingdom. And it started to make sense. It just like clicked in me. Like I would read the Bible and the Bible came alive and I understood like, oh, this is what this means. And so I I had this clarity that came upon me and it was so awesome because I started seeing fruit in my life. I started having peace that even though I was laying down my plans and picking up the cross to follow Jesus, I had this peace to move forward in that. And so it was so, so amazing. So in that process of letting go of the Martha in me to become Mary, Jesus was teaching me about intimacy and about just how much he loves me and just the relationship that um, is awarded to us because of what Christ did on the cross. You know, Jesus died so that we could be reunited with God again. And so I was gonna take full advantage of that. That was my heart's desires. Like if Jesus died for me, let it not be done in vain. Let me take advantage of this and really go for it. And so during this time, somebody had defined intimacy once as fully knowing myself in someone else's presence. So that's a really interesting way of thinking about intimacy because it's in the context of being intimate with Christ. It's like, let me, as I'm coming to know Jesus, as I'm being intimate and spending time in his presence, he shows me who I am because I'm made in the image of Christ. And so the more intimate I am with him, the more I see myself more clearly and the more I come to understand these things about me that may have been hidden or these things about me that I have dealt with, you know, insecurities about or something. And so the Lord brought me into this place of becoming intimate and learning about love and learning about loving myself, loving myself in a healthy way. And so I remember he really wanted to deal with some of the insecurities I had. And specifically, I had insecurities about the way that I looked. I always just felt really ugly. I hated the way that I looked. I never felt good enough. I never felt skinny enough. I never felt all these different things. And the Lord, it, I remember sitting with the Lord one morning and I was looking at myself in the mirror and I was just crying because I hated the way that I looked. And the Lord just opened my eyes to see how much it broke his heart that I believed that lie. 
And so in that moment, I had the ability to choose what I keep believing this lie or what I believe the truth about what Jesus says about me. And so he took me through this process of seeing myself how he sees me. And as I saw myself as he sees me, I started to love myself with the love of Christ in this very healthy way. And so he he dealt with my insecurities and then he changed the way that I thought about myself. And in that, I was set free. And the Lord was telling me and he was teaching me in this season is that if I let these insecurities go, if I kept believing them and kept um, entertaining them, then they would really hinder my ability to receive love and to love other people. And so it was a really interesting time because as those insecurities were let go, Christ was able to fill that new void in me. And so I was able to love people more intentionally. I was able to meet people where they were at. I was able to see people how Christ sees them because I had the eyes to see myself how Christ saw me. And so that was a really great time in my life. And he gave me, you know, in the Bible, Jesus talks about, he gives us two commandments and it's to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And secondly, which is equally important, is to love others as we love ourselves. Well, we have to put God first because he shows us what love is. He is love. So as we spend time with him, as we're intimate with him, he shows us what true love is. And then in that process of being intimate with him, he shows me who I am, then I can love myself so then I can love other people and I can extend that love and that grace and that mercy to others around me. And it was very liberating for me because I understood like I understood what love meant. And I think that was, just such a revelatory time for my life because it really empowered me to go forward into the kingdom, to be a disciple, to do what the Lord was calling me to do. And it just really, I just like, I'm so grateful. Like at the end of the day, I'm just so grateful that God took me on that journey. Well, after discipleship school, um, I really continued to put to practice what I learned during that time. You know, Jesus talks about in Luke eleven twenty eight. he says, even more blessed are those who hear the word of God and put it to practice. So we have a responsibility as disciples to not just know the word, but actually apply it to our lives and do something with it. And that was when I really saw the transforming power of the gospel because the more I said yes to God's word and the more I released it and did what he asked of me, the more I saw him move mightily in my life. And I saw the spirit move on my behalf. And so as I'm um, embracing this life as a disciple and continuing to um, experience his love and his goodness. So as I'm living this life and um, work, wa- walking out the practicals of being a disciple, um, the, the discipleship school ended. And so naturally I thought, okay, I'm gonna go back to school and I'm gonna go start up my life again and go back and do my career and all that stuff. Well, God said, not yet. And so I had to continue to surrender to that process. But in that process, I had peace about it. It's like my spirit knew what the Lord was asking of me, and but my mind had to surrender to that. It's like I had to walk to please the spirit. You know, the Bible talks about that. And so anyways, um, during this time, I started volunteering at a homeless ministry in downtown Baton Rouge. And I remember before I began serving in that ministry, earlier that morning, 
it was the first day I was serving. Earlier that morning, I asked God, I said, God, make it so clear to me that you don't want me to work, that you want me to keep you know, going forward in this. Because I, I didn't have any money at that point. I was coming to know the Lord as my provider, and it was really stretching me during this time. So anyways, I continued to go forward and I went and served for the first time that day. And I remember I saw this woman and she had the most beautiful green eyes and there was just a warmth about her. She was very inviting. And so I went and approached her and I started talking to her and I told her um, my name and a little bit about myself. And she she began to tell me her name was Mary. And she told me kind of her story about um, how she ended up on the streets and all these different things. And she asked me, where do you work? And I said, well, I don't work right now, but I'm looking for a job. And she said, that was my, that was, those were my thoughts. And she looked up into the sky, like she was looking towards God. And then she looked back down at me and she said, God doesn't want you to work. He wants you to do his mission. And when she said that, something in my spirit knew that God had responded to my prayer earlier that morning and that, she, that he had heard me. And so I just began to just receive it. Like in that moment, I just received what she was saying. Well, anyways, she continued to talk and she continued to encourage me and she continued to say things that only God knew. You know, she was like, God sees you. He is so proud of you. He sees your sacrifice. He sees your willingness to lay down your life for him. You are a true disciple. And when she said those things, it just gave me such peace because I knew that God did see me and that I wasn't crazy and I wasn't making this stuff up. So he confirmed it for me that I was on the right path and I was doing what he was asking of me. And so it really just blessed my heart. I took what she said to heart and she was very specific. You know, she said, God wants you available to do his assignment. And I, you know, it really just blessed my heart. So after that, God opened up all of these random odd end jobs that I would go and do. And it was like the Lord was sending me on these assignments. And in the natural, it probably looked like I was crazy because I had a, I'm sorry, I had a master's degree. I had a lot of professional experience. I had the ability to do these high profile jobs and God was sending me on jobs that were really humbling. You know, that's kind of the way that he does it. (laughs) And so one job in particular, he asked me to be a caregiver for a woman and she had a neurological, um, I'm sorry, a neuromuscular disease that paralyzed her from the neck down. So she was completely dependent on her caregiver and for someone else to take care of her. And so God very specifically asked me to to take on this job and and to serve this woman. And I just remember during this season that the Lord really gave me such a love and a compassion for this woman. She really couldn't do anything on her own, but God gave me eyes to see her, how he sees her. He saw her heart. She was a believer and she was believing for her faith. And so I got to stand in the gap with her and believe with her and encourage her and pray for her and bless her. Whatever she needed, you know, I was there with her. And so I remember one time in particular, I had just given her a bath and I was, um, I was sitting at her feet and I was drying her feet off. And the Lord said to me, whatever you do unto the least of these, you do unto me. 
And in that moment, I was reminded of that time when Mary is at the, sitting at the feet of Jesus and she's crying her tears and wiping, her, wiping his feet with her hair. And I just knew what Mary felt in that moment, that I felt that I was doing this onto Jesus. And it was such a powerful time in my life because the Bible was really becoming alive. It wasn't just these words that I read on a page or a message I heard on Sunday. I was living it out and the power of God was coming through during that time. And so I just really um, continued to go forward. I continued to take the gospel wherever the Lord sent me on these missions and to love people and to serve people. And there's people here in this room that God has specifically sent me to, to, to serve them and to help them and to be a blessing to them. And so um, as I continued on in these assignments, I realized that my identity was starting to become more rooted and grounded in Christ, that what I thought mattered, you know, I thought that having um, education and having a prestigious career and material wealth, I thought all those things mattered. But the truth is all those things can be taken away from us. And like Mary, who sat at the feet of Jesus, she found the one thing that cannot be taken away from her, and that's Jesus. I know that I found Jesus and that I'm able able to just go forward wherever he leads me with the confidence of knowing that my identity is in him. It doesn't matter about all these other things that I thought were important. The only thing that matters is Christ. And so as I look back on this process that I've been in, you know, it's, it was actually really good that I didn't get my PhD because I wouldn't be who I am today had, had I gotten it. It was really good that I laid down my plans at the cross so that I could pick up his plans and go forward. You know, it was really good that I learned to be a disciple because now I know how to follow Jesus. And all of these things, you know, are so important for us as we walk with Jesus because sometimes we get caught up in these things that don't matter. But Mary found the one thing that mattered and that was Jesus. And so I wanna encourage you, wherever you are in the process, whatever you're going through, surrender it to the Lord. You know, let your yes be yes and let him take you places that you couldn't have gone on your own. You know, he wants to move mightily on our behalf. He wants to show himself strong. He wants to, to be our provider, our strength, our comforter, whatever it is that we need. And so, you know, I talked about, um, I want to I want to end on this is that peace is actually a fruit of trusting the Lord in the process. And so we come to know that he is faithful and that he's got us and that he loves us and he sees us where we're at. And so that's all I have. Thank you. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, uh, there's something to be said when Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. Amen. And um, how how little how little uh, and and you know it's not for picking on on the church or picking on any of that, but from just coming from a really constructive angle or perspective or perception um, to talk about something, but then also to say you know it's something we should be. Carrying, uh, carrying out on walking in, in our DNA because we hear very little about 
dying to yourself. Are you with me? We hear very little about dying to yourself and fulfilling the, you know, to, so that God can fulfill what He wants in us. But we hear a lot about, you know, living for yourself and everything that you can do and you can do what you want and, you know, and, and that's what I'm, I'm not saying that God, God desires for us to, 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 um, to be blessed and to walk in His blessing. And the key with that, though, the key with that is if we just surrender, that's the part that we, we have a problem with. We, if we can understand that it's in our surrender that all those things shall be added to us. What's the point of having everything and having no peace? What's the point of having everything and having no joy? Come on, are you with me? The Bible says the blessing of the Lord makes one rich, but he adds no sorrow with it. Amen? So we go after from the wrong part. We, we, we run after the, the things of the earth from, with, 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 uh, without placing our affections in the Lord first. Because when we surrender and do it His way. How many of you would agree surrendering to God and doing things His way is going to be far greater in terms of the results and the fruits it produces in your life than you taking matters into your own hands? Then there's the other aspect. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. Now you can take that for your own self. God acknowledges only the things that He initiates in us first, and then we follow through with them. Are you with me? I'll say that one more time. God only acknowledges the things that He initiates in us first. How can you say that? I say this 101 times. You will hear it again. But I mean, by the time it's, by the time it's all said and done, you're going to grab a hold of it. I always say the story. And, and I'm just kind of tagging on here on the tail end because that blesses me. To see that, and I'm sure that we all have a story here, but, but the process of surrendering. Because the surrender that took place in her life came at a cost. It wasn't just the cost of her being in Baton Rouge. And of course, there was a price to pay and she felt that and she could have gone the road of, you know, like that eloquent career that she could have gone with. But the other side of that coin is, I'm sure that most of her family thought she was crazy for not doing it. So she actually, listen, uh, the Bible talks about giving up mother, father, lands, all of those things. And you would, it, uh, you know, there would be the blessing of the Lord, and there's persecution, but there would be the blessing of the Lord attached to it. Amen. Taking up your cross and following Him. And so, just to to kind of go somewhere here in in in, in talking about this, you know, it's so important. Paul the Apostle, and this is where we've got it completely taught in the wrong way. Paul on numerous occasions speaks about fear and trembling. 
In the book of Corinthians, he says, I didn't come to you with excellence of speech and with great philosophy. I didn't come to you arrogant in theology. He said, but I came to you in fear and in trembling that your faith might not rest in the, in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So in other words, the Paul, Paul was conscious. He came in fear and trembling. In other words, it was a fear of the Lord. He didn't come to represent himself. Are you with me? So I would say there is that there was a dying to self in the life and the ministry of the Apostle Paul, 100%. The other same context that Paul speaks is in the book of Philippians when he speaks and he says, he says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And, and we've got that scripture so wrong. Because the next verse, you cannot quote that verse without quoting the next one. The next one, it says, for it is God who works in you. In other words, it's God who initiates in you. Anything that you do out of yourself without the Holy Spirit leading you to do, it is a work of the flesh. Why, why was Paul walking in fear and trembling? Because he was conscious of eternity consistently. He was always conscious of the eternal purposes of God. Why? Because when we step on over into eternity, what is it going to be? What of what use is it going to be that we did all these things in the earth that God never initiated in us and they mount up to nothing on the other side? That's the, that's the fear and trembling the Apostle Paul's talking about. Because nothing that we do on this side that has a little bit of us attached to it, it's, 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 it has everything we do in the kingdom must have none of us attached to it. It has to have every part of him attached to it. And then finally, to seal the deal on this revelation, to kind of tail, you know, kind of tail in, because I'm not taking away, I'm, I, you know, I, I can't do that justice. And what a great way of communication. Communicate. You've got a great communicative anointing on your life. But Abraham, Genesis chapter 22, this is the one that you hear me say all the time. And you're going to hear me say it again. For those of you that didn't hear it, you're going to hear it now. In Genesis 22, Abraham, God speaks to Abraham and he says to Abraham very clearly, verse one, he says to him, take now your only son, to the mountain of which I shall show you. Now, this is God speaking to Abraham to take Isaac to be sacrificed. Are you with me? But look at the way God speaks to Abraham. He says, take now your only son. That's an incorrect statement. Was God incorrect? No, he wasn't incorrect. Because Ishmael came before Isaac. But God said to Abraham, take now your only son. What was Ishmael, then if God said Isaac was his only son, what was Ishmael? Ishmael was a work of the flesh. How do I know that? 
because God spoke to Abraham and made him a promise. That promise was to him and Sarah, and that they would have a child, have have that she would have a child, and that and, and when he changed his name from Abram to Abraham, when he changed his name to Abraham, the translation of the name and the meaning of Abraham is father of many nations. Abraham began to become uh, one with the purpose of God, prophetically speaking, because from the moment God changed his name, every time he introduced himself to somebody. He shook their hand. He said, hi, this is Gabe Vision. And he said, hey, what's your name? What's your name? Gabe, Gabe I'm, I'm the father of many nations. Hey, what's your name? David, I'm the father of many nations. That's his name. He said his name. He declared and came in line with the prophetic word of the Lord over his life. The point of the matter is, is that Ishmael was Abraham's attempt to help God fulfill the promise. Isaac was God performing the promise through Abraham. Are you with me? God only acknowledges that which He initiates. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labour in vain that build it. You can have results. You can even get a big bank balance. You can do all of those things. But was God the one initiating it? And that's the fear and the trembling of the Apostle Paul. Because only the things that we do in this life while we have breath in our bodies that have been initiated by Him when we step on over to eternity, those are the only things that when the gold and when when there's the refining fire that comes, the gold that will be left over are the things that God initiated through your life. God's not interested in how much you do, do, do. I'm going to make a joke out of that because you end up in a lot of do, do, doing that. He's not interested in how much you do, do, do. He's interested only in your obedience. Hear, listen, obey. Hear, listen, obey. And if you don't hear anything, don't do anything. Just wait, rest. She had the opportunity to do, do in a lot of those things. And so we all fail. We have all failed. How many of you have done, done, done? We've all failed. We've all fallen short. But the key is, is that we catch it, we rectify it. But, but there's a season of the Holy Spirit processing us. The process of God and in the, in the call of God in our lives. Where we hear the voice of God and then we fine-tune it and we respond to that. We don't do anything. She wanted to get a job. God said, don't go get a job. Now, for most of us, you know, that sounds like completely like upside down. And what God took her through is not what God's gonna take everybody else through. Her journey is different. It wasn't because she was lazy. Trust me. It would have been far easier for her to get a job. Are you with me? Some people are on the other side of the coin, they're just lazy. Well, God told me not to work. That's just an excuse. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm glad I came to church this morning. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let's honour the gift of God.